Section 15 of the History of Prostitution. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Arnie Horton. The History of Prostitution by William Sanger. Section 15. Chapter 13. Portugal. Conventual life in 1780 depravity of women, laws against adultery and rape, venereal disease, illegitimacy, foundling hospitals of Lisbon and Oporto, singular institutions for wives. A writer on Portugal in the year 1780 complains of the scandalous licentiousness of the monks and nuns, of whom there were no less than 250,000 in a population of two millions. It is said that the convent Oduelas, the harem of the monarch John V, contained 300 women, accounted the most beautiful and accomplished courtesans in the kingdom. The great Marquis de Pombal suppressed many of these convents and was the general reformer of the religious orders. Of the effect of such an example from such quarters on the population at that time, sunk as they were in the most imbecile ignorance, little need be said. The women of Portugal were reputed to surpass all European females in gallantry, and their attractions were such that only one interview was necessary to complete the conquest. To this condition of common immorality, the rigor of their husbands and male relations may have contributed not a little. They are said to have been outrageously jealous, and to have made no scruple of murdering any stranger who gave them even the weakest grounds of suspicion. In the fundamental laws of Portugal, promulgated in 1143, it is enacted that if a married woman commit adultery and the husband complain to the judge and the judge is the king, the adulterer and adulteress shall be condemned to the flames. But if the husband retain the wife, neither party shall be punished. In the case of rape perpetrated on the person of a lady of rank, all the property of the ravisher went to the lady. And in case the female were not noble, the man, without regard to his rank, was obliged to marry her. The writer whom we have already quoted speaks of the venereal disease as being, at the time he wrote, 1770 to 1780, habitual in Portugal, and that the Portuguese, not knowing how to cure it, its malignity had become so intensified that, in some cases, individuals who had contracted a peculiar form of the malady had died in a few hours, as though struck down by an active and deadly poison. This is most probably the exaggeration of popular opinion on the subject. More recent writers are sherry of information and avoid the mention of matters so offensive to ears polite. The manners and morals of the higher ranks of society must have undergone a material change for the better in the present century. For an English nobleman, Lord Porchester, since Earl of Carnarvon, speaks in very favorable terms of the propriety, amiability, and excellence of the portuguese ladies which excepting in the matter of intellectual education left them in no wise behind the worthy of their sex in other countries of europe among the lower classes however it would not seem that the tone of morals had been very much amended whether we consider their regard for female virtue or their cultivation of maternal tenderness and solicitude natural to all created beings 
in the neighborhood of oporto country women may be met conveying little babies to the foundling hospital four or five together in a basket these helpless creatures are the illegitimate children of peasant girls openly deserted in the villages and thus forwarded by the authorities to the care of those pious strangers who undertake their nurture and preservation in these cases says mr kingston the females are not treated by their parents with any harshness or rigor they are rather compassionated for their misfortune and are only sent away from home when found obstinately persistent in a course of evil as may be supposed the foundling hospitals have abundant claims on their funds the real casapia at bellum near lisbon and another hospital in lisbon attached to the casa de misericordia receive together nearly three thousand children who are brought up to different callings and otherwise prepared for active life as is usual in such institutions there is a similar asylum equally frequented in oporto in this city there is also an asylum in which husbands may place their wives during their own absence from home it often happens that ladies on such occasions enter the asylum of their own accord there is also in oporto an establishment in the nature of a penitentiary in which husbands may immure their faithless wives or even those who give grounds of suspicion it is presumed that in the nineteenth century even in portugal this must be done under color of some legal authority end of section fifteen